Tim Weisberg here with you along with science advisor Matt Moniz and psychic medium Stephanie Burke. And I have no idea which microphone each person is going to be on. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just play the game of uh, guessing and trying. So we'll just see. I think, Stephanie, this one might be you. Uh, no. No, that's, that's you. Is it? Yeah, I hear you coming through. I can't hear myself. Yeah. I don't know what happened to you guys. Oh, no. I don't like that at all. I feel like a fraud. I don't see what caused that problem. I don't know what's causing you to not. Is that uh, helping guys out? Yeah, that's uh, yes. Okay. Yes, that's amazing. Maybe Thank I you. pulled the wrong button down. There's <laughs> there's all new buttons and knobs in here than there was the last time that I was here. So it takes, takes some getting used to. As we uh, readjust here, returning back to the spooky studio, uh, Moniz, I'm going to see, it says four at the bottom and two at the top, but she's on four, so I'm going to try you on two and see if that works. Well, let's see yeah. if that Hey, there we go. Yeah, and we go. Uh, these don't sound as bad as they did the last time that we were here. They all sound pretty good. No, but these headphones need to go. Well, that's you're supposed to bring your own headphones with you. Right. It's only been... I have my own here somewhere. I think they're in my drawer. They're in, in my... Oh, oh, I was just on TV again. Oh. I think they're in the file cabinet in the top drawer if you want to go look and see if they're in there. All right. I got these working. Don't do for right now. So, <laughs> again, as I mentioned, you know, it's been a while since we've been here. Uh, the last show that we did was March 15th, and I forget who was here. I know Chrissy Ottman was here as our guest, but I don't know who was with... Me and Chris. I don't Chrissy. think I was here. I don't think, I think you were. I, I think Moniz was. Yeah. Uh, but that was the last episode that we did. And they brought cannolis. Right. Oh, wait. I ate cannolis, didn't I? I was here. So maybe you were here. I, I don't here. I don't remember. Uh, so the. Either way, did you miss me? Of course. But I don't want people to think that we were slacking and not doing right. Spooky South Coast because. We couldn't. Yeah, it wasn't our fault. Uh, when the pandemic hit, the building was on lockdown. Mm -hmm. So they told everybody to not be here. Uh, people were broadcasting from home uh, for uh, quite a while. I think like four or six weeks. Right. Uh, maybe even a little bit longer. And then they started to slowly let the air staff come back in. And then the problem was that we didn't want to have uh, outside people come in. And since Stephanie and Moniz don't work here, they're technically outside people. Right. So it just kept getting long. I'm really all over this story yeah, tonight at Hotel Paranormal. I don't know which Tim to look at. <laughs> every time, every time left, I catch out of the right. corner of my eye, uh, it's the maroon shirt. And yeah. also I can see the reflection in this plexiglass now that's so between us here tins. in the studio. So we, we couldn't have everybody come in. And we could have tried to do the show remotely. And we I, we could have figured it out. We could have figured out a way. But it just seemed really strange to try and do that. And also, like, I would have had to go to Moniz's house yeah. to, to set him up. And Moniz works in a lab. And they've been trying to find the cure for this thing. So I didn't really want to hang out with him. No. <laughs> if you, no offense. Don't lie. You don't want to hang out with him anyways. I already had it in December and was in here with you guys. Right, it? but just because you already had it doesn't mean that you weren't also bringing it home. Imagine if he infected us. Yeah, my shoes. Yeah, well, I'm thinking about it. He had it and was around me. Yep. Uh, a person, another person that I know had it and was around me, and I didn't get it. So I, you know, I'm, I haven't gotten it at all. So I'm thinking I might have some immunity. You probably um, you are could, a carrier. Yeah, you could have been asymptomatic. 
Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I really don't want to run the risk of, I just isolated myself. Right. And didn't, which is you know, my dream come true. <laughs> to not really have to see anybody. It's like, it's like my lifelong dream of just living the same way that I communicate. Like, just text me. You know, it was, it was yeah, the. You were not a phone call person. Yeah. It was, it was basically the, the, you know, the real life version of just text me. Like, I'm just yep. going to stay home. And so we couldn't come back. Uh, we couldn't come into the studio. And then when they started letting people in, it was a little while before we could let other people in. I had to get permission for that. And then even then it was just syncing up schedules because I didn't want to like filter in. I wanted to make sure we could come back on a week that we could all come in. Right. And so I, I wanted to make sure that it was, you know, safe and that everybody felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the plexiglass is in now. Uh, so there's no video tonight because... I didn't have a chance. I haven't been in much working in the office myself, so I didn't really have a chance to check and test everything. And we're going to have to see if the engineer can fix it. And he's only coming in when nobody else is around. So we'll see if we can get him to come in uh, tomorrow and give it a look and see if he can make sure that everything's cool. But, you know, I'm thinking about it. And it might just be a little bit difficult as we move along here with trying to have the video going because now we've got this plexiglass in between us and it's not going away anytime soon. So if we do continue on with the video, it might be just like an overhead shot of all of us. Like the old days. Like, yeah. So I don't know how interesting that will be. So we'll consider that, but there's some exciting news about how you can listen to the show. If you're not going to be able to watch it on YouTube. And I'm kind of excited for all the things that have been going on. You heard me joking around by the way about, hotel paranormal being on Mm -hmm. uh we can get into that as we go along tonight but you know i appreciate anybody out there that's both listening to us on the radio and has the tv on (laughs) on hotel paranormal right now but what have you guys been up to for these last five months you know when you say five months it doesn't even feel like it has been five months which is a little weird but uh you know besides surviving covid and battling that and dealing with that um I don't think I left the house really until July. Oh, that's better. Oh, you are on four. Whoops. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. All right. So we figured it out. Um, but I got back to, to traveling a little bit and, uh, you know, working on some some projects that I can't talk about yet. How's, but, how's the traveling doing? Um, it honestly wasn't bad. It was just like before, like nothing different. You know, just they board the plane differently and uh, there's less people and you have to wear a mask the entire time. So it's actually kind of nice because I don't have to sit next to people, which is my favorite thing ever. If anybody has ever traveled, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. So it's uh, it's actually kind of pleasant to not be overloaded with people. I liked it better and uh, I'll do it again. Not bad. And, and, you know, you've been somebody who's been working for yourself now for a long time. And, right. you know, you're kind of built somewhat for what we've gone through. Yep. So it probably gave you, you know, the opportunity to, uh, this has been the time of the content creators. Correct. And so you and Scott have actually launched a pretty successful Facebook Live. Right. Which was kind of an accident. Um we kind of just said, you know what, like a lot of people are hurting right now. A lot of people are stressed out and upset. Like you and I had this conversation too. Like, let's give them some content that just takes their mind off of the struggles. And we jumped on there and we ended up having like over 10,000 views on every single video that we've done. So we're like, well, why don't we just keep going? Mm-hmm. And let's just, you know, throw things out there. So we talk about everything strange and weird and we take questions and it's actually really fun. So, And that's on Facebook. 
That's on Facebook. So Live. you don't have to worry about if you know they they take away TikTok. Right, right, and, right. You know you don't have to worry about that. It's on Facebook Live, and you have a page. That right. You do so it- we started a group too, just so people um, can kind of keep up with what we're doing, and at the same time. Um, we released three events for the fall and we put them in there first. So kind of like a little following that we have going on. Um, so people have the opportunity to kind of be the insiders as to what we're, we're coming up with. So those um, that group is actually called Raw and Real with Scott Porter and Stephanie Burke. And the if you go to the group or not, doesn't matter. If you go to our own Facebook profiles, you'll see every Sunday around like... 6 or 7 p.m. Eastern, um, we're on there. So you guys can come on in and, and do your thing and um, check out what we're doing and ask questions if you want to. So, And and I know, Moniz, you've been hard at work <laughs> with the day job. So oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't really bother you, you know, much because I knew that you were probably pretty frazzled. Uh, but <laughs> Still are. You know, we've we've caught up a few times now yeah. and then and talked about some things that were going on. So, but I know that you've been you know hard at work at at the day job and actually recently just got uh, just got uh, bumped up, right? Yeah. So I'm congratulations on that. Director of scientific operations and analytical. You still have to use the microphone though. Yeah, I'm director of <laughs> scientific operations and analytical. What? Uh, okay, you're too. I got you now. All right, I'm I'm figuring out. That's why I wanted yeah. you to really talk into it so I could figure out which one you were on. Um, so I guess I should update people to what I've been doing. Although if you listen to the Spooky South Coast podcast, uh, I did put up. So my fault. I didn't have all the episodes ready to go because they were on the computer here at the station and I had to download those and I didn't come here and get them. So basically, long story short, it's up to date now. So all the episodes that we did go. in February and March, you can now catch those uh, on the podcast feed. But I also uploaded a special episode that kind of explained to a little everybody to a little bit at the beginning what's been going on. When last we spoke here on the WBSM Airwaves, I was I had just taken over at the end of January the Midnight in the Desert show, and. That was, you know, something that I was very honored to take yeah. over. It was Art Bell's show that he began in 2015. We'd been part of the uh, Dark Matter Digital yeah. Network from the very beginning. I mean, Art and Keith wanted to have Spooky South Coast as one of the shows that they ran on that network. So we've always been part of it. And then when Dave Schrader took over as the host of Midnight in the Desert, he asked me if I was willing to be a, a fill-in host for him amongst this group of fill-ins that he had. And then... As everybody was kind of busy with other stuff, I became kind of the go-to fill-in guy because I didn't have anything else going on at night. And uh, so when Dave stepped away from the program, it was natural for me to just step in and be the host. And I I felt like we were really just kind of starting to get into the flow. And we knew when I took over that uh, Keith Rowland, who ran the network with Art, we knew that he wanted to step away. Because he was tired of having to sit there and produce the program every night. He had to do that through the entire time that Dave Schrader was the host because Dave just didn't have the equipment and the setup to do that. So he didn't really want to sit and listen to paranormal topics every night because it's it's not really his thing. And he's been listening to to these shows for 20 years and he was kind of done with it. So he just wants to be able to do what he wants to at, at night. And so the plan was for me to kind of take over the technical side of things. Well, somebody reached out to Keith and said, we'd like to put a live show on Dark Matter. And Keith said, I'm not really looking to take on any more live shows. I'm trying to you know, go off the air for myself here. And so long story short, they worked out a deal where the people that were reaching out to him ended up buying the entire network from Keith. 
And so when they bought the entire network as part of that ownership group, they had somebody that wanted to be the new host of Midnight in the Desert. So they reached out to me and told me that I was no longer going to be the weeknight host, but they were trying to, you know, come up with something that would still work for me and I could still be part of it. And um, I've I've gone different directions as I've talked about this. Mm-hmm. I've uh, I've been diplomatic in some cases, and then in other cases I've kind of gone and told the whole story, or at least you know a good portion of the whole story. I and I know that you know the spooky South Coast audience, you've been with us forever, so you expect me to be you know as straightforward as i can basically the deal that they gave me sucked right and it was you know i could do a lot of work for very little money yeah they lowballed you and the idea was oh you know typical you know uh snake oil salesman yeah you're only gonna get two percent but you're gonna get two percent of two million you know Mm -hmm. and you know no i knew the reality of the situation and i knew that it was a bad fit and it was the subject matter that really really got me going the the person that i spoke to who i won't name but the person that i spoke to about this people that have been following the drama know who it is the first question that he asked me is so what do you think about all this covid stuff and then you know it wasn't like hey tim i listen to some of your programs i kind of get what you're all about where would you like to see the show go it was you know what do you think about covid and then within two minutes did i think 9 11 really happened Mm -hmm. so i see what's going on here I already knew that the people that bought this network were a group of flat earthers. So they're flat earthers, they're virus deniers, they're Sandy Hook is a hoax people. 9-11 didn't happen, or if it did happen, it was an inside job. You know, all of this kind of stuff. And I don't want to be part of that. Nope. I don't even care. 9-11 you know, didn't happen? Listen, I don't even know what BS they spew. But I've seen the look, whole. Look, on TV again. But the, <laughs> the idea is... You know, they were talking about subject matter that I wasn't comfortable with. And I'm not debating whether or not it's true or not. That's not what I'm arguing with you or with them or, you know, at all. It's just not something that I want to cover. Mm-hmm. We've never covered that stuff here, nor will we ever. No, we like to be an escape from all the crazy of the world for right. people to, you know, whether it's an hour or if it's two hours, we want people to come here, feel safe and feel as though they can just escape, whether it's their everyday life and drama, trauma, or just, you know, struggles or, you know, just a, a bad day, a happy day, whatever it might be. But to have that pounded into your head every single night, which was going to happen on that show, uh, I a hundred percent stood behind your decision and your decisions going forward when it came to that too and that was really tough you get a lot of you know tough feedback at one point from people that didn't understand why you did what you did right i completely think it was the best decision possible it was a hard choice to make because here you are you know carrying on the the torch of what has been a signature show in this genre now of course it's internet so it's not the same as, you know, if I had taken over coast to coast. I understand the reality of the situation. Right. You know, I'm not thinking that I was out there talking to millions of people every night. I saw the numbers. I had access to how many people were listening on the stream. I had access to how many people were subscribers. It was a fraction of the people that listened to Art Bell when he was on that yeah. on that show for a limited amount of time. But it still felt good to be talking to a new and different audience, to be doing it every night, to exploring. And I anybody that listened... I explored the subject matters that we talk about here, but in a different way. Right. And I talked about things that we wouldn't even usually bring up on Spooky South Coast because Michelle Freed, who is the producer of, of that program, and we'll get into that in a second, but you know, she 
challenged me to go beyond the stuff that I was comfortable with. And I said, bring it on. Whatever you book, I'm going to I'm gonna talk about it and I'm going to give my best. And even if I don't understand it, and there's been science shows that I have no idea what's going on, <laughs> uh, there's been you know some of the, the new agey shows where I, I just don't really understand the concepts and follow along. But I feel like you know that challenges me then to ask better questions. You know her and I are a phone call away, right? Well, sure. but It's th- funny because the two things that you bring up that you don't necessarily understand, the two people sitting here staring at you do. But so. at the same time, I'm That's... trying to raise my own game a little bit. Right. No, you know? okay. I'm, I'm very proud of you. It's just also funny that... You, you guys know... are a crutch for me here where I can say, Moni's, I don't understand what the hell's going on. You need yeah. to kind of... Or okay. Stephanie, I don't get this stuff at all. You need to... So right. it was a matter of needing to kind of expand myself. So the, you know, the idea was always that we had, you know, uh, um, uh, Michelle and I had looked at if we were going to be taking things over from Keith, you know, we want to revamp that whole Dark Matter network and we want to start adding in some new shows and bringing in some different shows and and things like that. So we kind of had an eye toward building a network anyway. Mm -hmm. So I found out on April Fool's Day that the new owners were taking over and that this whole plan was what they wanted. That was on a Wednesday. I asked to have until Friday to give them my decision about whether or not I wanted to remain in that limited capacity on the weekends. And I said, just give me till Friday night this time, which was 8 p.m. Eastern. Give me until this time, 48 hours to make a decision. I wanted to talk it over with Michelle and Keith and, you know, figure all, all the stuff out. And the guy was like, sure. Yep. I'll talk to you Friday night. And then apparently behind the scenes, he was messaging Michelle, like, would you know what Tim's going to decide? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. So on Friday morning, I woke up to an email that was to myself and Michelle saying our services were no longer needed. So I went on the air Wednesday night, went on the air Thursday night, total professional. Nobody had any idea what was going on. But then I wake up to Friday to this. And the original plan was even if I wasn't going to stay, they weren't going to launch the new host until Arpel's birthday, June 17th, I think. So they wanted me to cover from the beginning of April till June 17th till he was ready to take over. And I was fine with that because you're going to pay me. So, you know, in the end, okay, fine. They ended up rushing the new host in. Things didn't, uh, it's, I won't even get into all that. Let's just say. It was a nightmare. Let's just say I'm on the air now every night and they're not. So what happened was, Michelle and I were like, what are we going to do? What's going on? And we had heard from Keith that if we were going to do something, we had to get this person, Amy Martin, involved. Mm -hmm. And Amy had become friendly with me because she was listening to to Midnight in the Desert as I was hosting. And we were chatting back and forth on social media. and, and, And her and Michelle had been talking. So it just kind of naturally came together. So I went. I didn't have a show that Friday night. By the following Monday... We had a brand new network launch with a brand new show. With a lot of phone calls and a lot of Zoom calls. <laughs> in, right. But in two days, yeah. this network is up and running. Midnight.fm. That's the website you can go to. Midnight.fm. That's the name of the network. You can get us on TuneIn. If you use the TuneIn app, you can get us on the Paranormal Radio app. You can get us on uh, Alexa by using the TuneIn skill on your Alexa. So you can hear it all all different ways it's and what we also did is we set up a subscription service for the archive i was just gonna say can you subscribe and how much is it you can it's so we followed the the same format that we had with the previous program it starts at 4.99 a month to get the archived episodes and then we have a couple other packages that are a little bit more money that have some other things in it that we're still building i right. mean to be fair like we haven't really expanded that to where we 
want to see it go. But well, COVID hit too, so it's it's a matter this of this was all pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, no, this was during. Was it during? Yeah, was it during? It would have to be. So yeah, because it it happened, you know, in April. April. So I thought it was later than that. It I mean, well uh, earlier than that. It it feels like it now because it it happened so long ago. But here we are now, four months into mm-hmm. it. We have just gotten to the point now where instead of just having one program on, which is my weeknight program, which is called Midnight Society, because that's what I used to call all the listeners to, to Midnight in the Desert. I'd be like, all of us here in the Midnight Society getting together. So that just became a natural fit became for the new brand. Yeah, it became the natural name for the new program. So Midnight Society is every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time. We decided to pull it back to an earlier time because it's easier for me than yeah. doing midnight to 3 a.m. what I was doing before. So we had that. And then we brought our first program on a few weeks ago. That's uh, another program on the network. We run Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, which we've had Mac Maloney on the show yeah. here. Uh, it's a great program that people love. And so it was a natural fit to bring Mac over. And he he wanted to join up with us. He didn't want to stick around for the same topics that the new net, the old network was covering. So we brought him over. And so if you're listening now to this program, you can listen to Mac Maloney at 1 a.m. Eastern time. So we'll get off the air. There'll be an hour in between, which we're probably going to fill later on with some other stuff. But then Mac comes on at 1 a.m. And then the floodgates just opened. We've added so many new programs. We're going to have, I think, 17 total programs running on the network by the end of this month. So I I can just give you a quick rundown because I don't want to spend the whole... Oh, I'm all over this episode tonight. (laughs) It's distracting. But the... um, (laughs) Simple question here. Are you have a big enough server to handle all this? Amy works all that magic. Okay. She, Amy is literally magic. She's a genius. And she has some people that help her that are totally behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I give her all the credit because she's the one that pulls everything together. Uh, we have, so on Saturday night, starting next week, Saturday nights, before Spooky South Coast, you can tune in to Midnight.fm. And I don't even know if I'm supposed to be promoting this on, on WBSM, but I'm going to anyway, just this once. Saturday nights, you can tune in at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So an hour before Spooky starts, you can tune in to Riff a Normal with Jeff and Gary. Jeff and Gary are two people who listened to Midnight in the Desert, now Midnight Society, and they became friends of mine. And they are really, really funny. They're so great at cracking on things in the paranormal world. So we said to them, you have to have a show where you riff on the paranormal. So Riff and Normal will debut at 9 p.m. Then at 9.30, right before this program, Eastern Time, Strange Cases with Jerry King will debut. Now, Jerry King is a legendary paranormal broadcaster who was kind of Art Bell before there was an Art Bell. You know, before Art started switching to paranormal topics in the 90s, Jerry was already covering this stuff. Uh, apparently, he's a Hollywood actor who, who became a radio host and he covers all the strange and unusual cases that nobody else ever gets and the guests that nobody ever gets. So Jerry is going to be on our network. We were very excited to get Jerry King because what a coup to get this legend in broadcasting. And we get him on the network celebrating this. And then what happens? Last night he... he takes over Midnight Society. He starts injecting his promos into my computer. 
taking, you know, running during the show and all kinds of stuff. And then we have an after show after Midnight Society on Friday nights called Midnight Drive that Amy and I host together where we kind of reflect on things going on with the network and the, and, and the shows. And he calls into that and starts getting into it with me on there and then gets into it with me on Twitter. So I don't know who this guy thinks that he is, but it seems like we're going to start off with a problem. I'm going to let it go because I've heard some of the shows and I'm excited for the things that he'll cover. But let's just say that Jerry King might not be one of my favorite people. Okay. And I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to call in tonight. But really, if he does, you know, we'll we'll deal with that as it happens. But he's. I, I, I guess that's what happens when you're born in a diner. Long story. I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you later. So that'll be next Saturday night. Then on Tuesday nights, our guest who is waiting patiently on the line will be joining joining us in a few moments. He will have a live show. Christopher Balzano, who you guys, Spooky South Coast fans, they've known Chris since the very beginning. Balzano. He's been doing his own podcast for uh, quite a few years now called Tripping on Legends. And he started incorporating with that doing a live Facebook feed. So it just made sense for us to bring him on and have... Tripping on Legends Live. Mm -hmm. So that'll be Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. on 9 p.m. Eastern. And then Midnight Society's on at 10. And then after I get off the air Tuesday night into Wednesday night, we have Fright Day, which is a a show about horror movies. And they talk a little bit of cryptid and paranormal stuff, too. But it focuses a lot on horror movies. Very, very fun show. Then on Wednesday night, starting this week, Amy Martin is bringing back her classic program, Amy on the Radio. Awesome. And so she will be debuting this week. Uh, That will be at 8 p.m. Eastern, leading right into Midnight Society. It's a two-hour program. She covers a lot of the science news of the day Mm -hmm. and then has some really, really cool conversations with different people uh, as part of the rest of the program. So you'll you'll love that. So that'll be on Wednesday, and then Midnight Society will air. And then on Thursdays, we have Haunted Librarian. With Lisa Schnurr, who we've had on Spooky before. Mm -hmm. Uh, She now, she debuted her show last week. Great first episode. Awesome. But that's at 9 p.m. Eastern and then Midnight Society. And then coming up in a few weeks after I get off the air, Thursday night into Friday, we're going to have Into the Fray with Shannon LeGrow, where she covers the world of cryptids. Mm -hmm. And Shannon's a a huge fan favorite of the the Midnight in the Desert crowd because uh, she was one of the guest hosts and she's just amazing. I think everybody's going to love it. And also, uh, when she talks about werewolves, yeah, she says wolf instead of wolves. So good. Everybody <laughs> loves it when she says wolf. So you'll be able to hear that coming up in a few weeks. And then we have debuting September 4th after Midnight Drive, which is the Friday night mm-hmm. after show to Midnight Society. After that will be After Midnight with Amy Martin. So she'll be hosting another show. And then we have other programs that we're going to be bringing on that just haven't been scheduled yet. We have, if you've followed the social media account, Spook Eats, mm-hmm. which combines haunted places with food and drink. You know, she goes to haunted bars and hotels. Uh, Amanda mm-hmm. from Spook Eats is going to be launching the Spook Eats Haunted Happy Hour program. Ooh. Ooh. We would have had her on already, but she's having a baby. Oh. And I tried to get her to hold off and wait. On the baby <laughs> and launch the show first. Care. Yeah, so. It sounds rough. But sounds she's going to be launching that in a few weeks. 
and also coming to the network. I want to make sure that I get them all in. Change my mind with my friends Nick and Wes, mm-hmm. who uh, they used to produce the show here. They're going to be bringing their show, which covers things like uh, movies and pop culture, television, comic books, all mm-hmm. that. We'll have their show as well. And just agreed upon yesterday, we will also soon be carrying New England Legends mm-hmm. with Jeff Belanger on Midnight.fm too. So I think I got everything. I don't think that I'm missing the Lamone hour. I think he's on the line. I think he keeps (laughs) trying to call in because he just doesn't wait and hold on. So we we talked to Lamone. We said, if you can get a better phone, we'll give you a show. (laughs) Climb to the top of the pole. (laughs) But we will give him, you know, I my my vision is I would love to just let him like record into his phone like just ten minutes of him rambling. And then we could just insert it into (laughs) random time. So you're listening to this great show, and then as soon as it ends, oh, here comes Lamone. You know, which I think people would like. But uh, all right. That's all the stuff that I have to promote for Midnight.fm. But you can go to the website now. You can sign up if you want to. Certainly make sure that you, uh, you know, follow us on social media at MidnightDOTFM so you can keep up to date with all of the stuff that's going on. But very exciting. Still trying to talk Stephanie and Porter into doing a live show. We'll get them there. Uh, we'll get them to it. Moniz. We were going to do it, but then I get um, sick. So I got I to gotta get back to those plans. When Once you cure COVID, then we can talk <laughs> to you about... Uh, well, I've got three treatments and one vaccine in the pipeline. So, But well, um, I'm also working on something else on the side right now. I'm working with a production company to do something without alien abductees. I've been okay, not the male gigolo thing. No. That's, that's, but that, that's still that, happening, Is that right? scrapped or is it still go? What the, the, the gigolo? gigolo or, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's on hold at the moment till I'm done with the abduction. Oh, okay, until okay, he's okay. done with the when he's, when he's no longer bringing COVID home from work. <laughs> yeah. Then maybe that'll work. Oh yeah. Well, and then I should also mention too that uh, there's there's a show on right now yeah. on the Travel Channel called Hotel Paranormal. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't talk about it when last we were on the air because they hadn't announced it yet. But it's on every Saturday night on the Travel Channel at 10 p.m. Eastern, hosted by Dan Aykroyd, and you'll see me on there. And then tomorrow night is the final two episodes of Weird Earth mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the Weather Channel at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so this will wrap up the season tomorrow night, but you might see me on those episodes as well. So really fun to kind of get involved in on-screen stuff for a change. But I was pretty geeked out when I found out, you know, the show that I filmed about haunted hotels was going to be narrated by Dan Aykroyd. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But now we're just hoping that they have season two because everybody's coming at me with their haunted hotel story. So if right. you... If you have had an experience in a hotel, shoot me an email, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com. Do and, bed uh, and breakfast in hostels count? Uh, yeah, I know okay. I know for sure hostels do because we covered one. Okay. Uh, and I would assume that bed and breakfast do too. So they'll, they'll be looking for all kinds of stories. What about campgrounds? Uh, I don't think they've covered that. But, uh, you know, we can I mean, always... You're send, looking at places where people... We can always them. send the stories in, and then okay. it's up to them if they want to cover them or not. I mean, I say this, you know, they, they could tell me, screw off. We don't want you on season two. You wore the same damn maroon shirt in every episode. But look at that face. <laughs> That's because I showed up there with like four shirts like they tell you to. Yep. And they looked at all four of them and they're like, I think the only one that's going to work is the maroon. And I was like, okay. Really? And then I said, which one do you want me to wear tomorrow? And they said, probably the maroon. So, okay. By the way, do you like my shirt tonight? I the do. maroon one? Yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. a different maroon shirt. <laughs> you can't see me because we don't have the spooky TV cameras running, but it's a Lizzie Borden shirt from Parabox Monthly. So this is the actual August shirt that they've mailed out. So everybody that subscribed to Parabox, you got this shirt. So pretty cool. All right. I think we've probably yapped enough. 
Uh, I don't think we ever yap enough. Are you ready to not have to talk for about 15 minutes? Because I think Lamone's on the line. Oh, oh. Leia. It might not be him. Imagine if it's not him. It might not be him. Making all these jokes. It might not be him. Do you remember how to take phone calls and not drop them? I think I do. (laughs) If if they didn't change the system, hang on. Uh, You are on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hello. All right. I hear it there. I just think that the call dropped off. Hold on. Let's see. Yep. Yeah. So the call just dropped off. That's not my fault. Not taking the blame. I mean, it's been a while. It's been a while. Okay. Now that we have uh, talked about ourselves. Oh, here it comes. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. Let's see. Let's see if we can take this call. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hi, are you there? Is there anybody out there? I don't hear. Hello? Uh, Is that better? Oh, it is better. And I actually can hear you. You sound okay. Why, thank you. I'm just watching um, Charlie Chaplin. It's Charlie Chaplin's day all 24 hours today on TCM. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yes, it is. So, um, hi, everyone. Nice to have you back in the studio. What's up, player? Just living and loving. He's walking inside from out in that oven. It's hot as hell. I will not hot as hell. It's like 104 degrees today. That's not bad. Oof. Yeah. Yes, it but is. But it's a dry heat. <laughs> yeah, it is. And see, and I used to live. I used to live in Morocco when I was real young, and I remember being in, being inside when it was 143 degrees in the shade, Oof. playing in the shade. Mm-hmm. I went in the house a couple times, got some Kool Aid, went back out and played. Two other times I remember I wanted to go out and play. My mother said, hell no, it's 150 degrees out there. <laughs> so I didn't play those two other times, but I remember the 143 really good. And so that's, and you know, it's like a different, that's, that's, that's got that humid hit to eat. Yeah. To a two there. But you know, like when you see the people from over the, that area, they always have the, the sheet, the sheets and like veils and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that the veils and stuff is to keep them from uh, getting hit by the Scirocco's. That's the, a hot it's a dust storm, and the sand is so hot it pits your skin. That's why you see them, like you know, like in the sh- like uh, Lawrence of Arabia, they have them like that. Yeah. That's why they do it like that. And then they wear all the layering for the other stuff with layering, and they sweat and it keeps them cooler with all the sheets and stuff like that. That's one time I don't mind seeing people running around with white sheets on, you know, <laughs> when I'm over there. But you know, not too often <laughs> in the states, you know, not lately. Maybe Charlie Brown, he comes up you know, with the holes all over the street, white sheets, but he, I could deal with him. But, you know, I'm not looking for any other sheet people. Just keep them 100. All right. So so I was thinking, um, I had said I was scared about going into something somewhere uh, to you uh, on that uh, last week's show. And I said, and I said I'm said i not going in there unless Stephanie's with me. She goes first. What was that I was talking about? I was talking about somewhere. I don't and remember. I, like, I don't remember either, so. And so, but I was thinking, so since they're there, do, they, do you guys remember about this time last year, I said there was not going to be a, a, an Olympics, we're not going to have an Olympics this year, and I said in October that Tom Brady's going to be leaving? You did, you did call both of those things, yes. And you guys, you said I was crazy on the, both, the, the, both counts. The Tom, the Tom, uh, in, in Tim's defense, he always calls you crazy, so. Yeah, it wasn't just because of those, those predictions, but. The Tom Brady thing, as much as I didn't want to admit it was possible, I knew that it was. But the Olympics things, I, I never would have thought that that was true. Yeah, yeah and it's like, you know, I'm not as, I'm not as stoned as I think I am. Well, not, <laughs> I <don't. laughs> 
Not yet. It's still early. Listen, I'm still butthurt over Tom Brady, so we probably shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> well, I don't blame you. I was thinking somewhere like maybe San Diego because I kept seeing them on a the beach, but that didn't happen that way. So I guess Tampa, Well, they're not I even think, in San Diego anymore. They're in L.A. now. Isn't he from San Diego? Yeah. Uh, San that. Mateo. Okay. So I knew near, it's near something. San Francisco. Okay. Same close enough. It's like yeah. for beats, you know. Uh, Orlando, that's a big difference, you know. But Orlando's a nice place to visit. Well, Tampa Bay. It's Tampa Bay. It's even worse. Yeah, but I know, you know, since Doug Williams left, yeah, I don't blame him. So that's horrible there. And I don't know, it was okay when I went to visit. But when I go go over to, anytime I ever go to Florida, I go to try to go to Miami and go down to 8th Street and go see the Latinas run around there. Oh, those were the days when I was younger, wild and and have lots more hair than I do now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lamone. Well, thank you very much for checking in. We're going to move on and, and uh, talk with Chris, but uh, I, whatever whatever phone you're on, please only call from this phone forever. Yeah. Well, I'm standing up on the I had to climb the pole. That's why I kept dropping ah. earlier. You so, know, we got to try and climb the pole then, so I could have the good reception. But did, did you sanitize the pole first? Of course I had to. You know, so, you know I'm, I'm, not the first, I'm not the first time I worked the pole. Oh. <laughs> All right, Lamont. We will talk to you later on. Thank you very much. Have a good night, Playboy. I'll try. I'll go see what darn that weird Al Yankovic run kind of pole. Just joking. All right, God bless you. You guys stay out of trouble. See you later. I can hear the show. Usually <laughs> when you call in. I can hear the show. I can't hear it. Yeah, I don't know. I, they probably changed some things around here, but uh, well, I'll let the engineer know. Are you going to have the show up live next week on, on I don't. On I, it might be a while before we have the YouTube up and running, but we'll we'll keep simulcasting on Midnight.fm for sure. Well, I was angry. I was like, it's supposed to be on. I was like, like OJ. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll figure it out so we can at least just run the audio over YouTube if we have to. Yeah, I, can do uh, that. I would like to see you guys. It's nice seeing you guys in there. And, and she makes nah, things we, a lot better. We're still just as funny the- looking, except Stephanie. <laughs> well, thanks, Tim. Well, you know, since you yeah, got your all shaved up, you look, you look like you should be on a GQ magazine player. Doesn't look since you got all beard on, trimmed up, and yep. stuff like that. I will. Uh, yeah, I, I will. I will wait for that call. Screen. All right, take it easy, Lamone. Have a good night. All right, we're gonna we're gonna because this will this will <laughs> yeah, go on yeah. all night. One time, I, don't, I I think I probably told you guys this, but told you guys this before. But one time we did the after show to the the old Midnight in the Desert after show, and Lamone called in, and when he called in, uh, we we let him go because it was the after show and like, well, okay, if we get him, let him kind of roll on, it'll, you know, kill some time. And then this other guy, uh, Jose, I think it was Jose or Juan, he called up. And so we had the both of them. They were talking to me about wrestling and then they started talking to each other about wrestling and like Keith tapped out, Michelle tapped out. (coughs) And then after a while I tapped out. And so then the, there was like an hour or so, maybe it was like 45 minutes, but still just, Jose and Lamone going back and forth about wrestling while the rest of us, you know, that were on the show just weren't even paying attention anymore. <laughs> it was it was both uh, terrible and awful and awesome all at the same time. <laughs> so, okay, now that we have, you know, eaten up most of this hour with uh, self-promotion and also with uh, with Lamone. <laughs> yes. Let's uh let's bring on our guest for tonight who, by the way, is also you know, one of the original, original spooky crew members. Uh, Chris, are you still with us, or did you hang up and decide that you didn't want anything to do with us anymore? I was actually sitting back thinking, how pathetic is my world when going to Tampa is exciting? <laughs> <laughs> when you dream of, like, if I could only be in Tampa tonight, my world would be better placed. No. 
I've I've never been to Tampa, but I know you've that never been, I know that that's where never been to Cape Coral. <laughs> that's where Neither wrestlers one. live, so yes, I can only imagine what that's like. It's yeah, sure COVID. you did. That's, no, Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah. I ran into him at a hotel bar. <laughs> Who's the one wrestler that I actually do want to hang out with in real life? Uh, the one time one that I did, he was pretty I awesome. Met up here, right? Yeah. Right. Very cool guy. I mean, the more yeah, he was super nice, and and just you know. Anyway, I don't want to gush all over Chris Jericho, but because that'll take up the next hour, and then right. Chris will never get to talk. And but Chris, you are another person <laughs> who has been busy during this entire uh, everything that's going on. And I'm not going to turn this show, by the way, into one of those you know programs where we keep referencing things like with all that's going on in the world. But still, in this time off that we've had, where we haven't been doing Spooky South Coast, time off. Well, from Spooky South Coast, you you've been pretty uh, you've been pretty busy yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was as one of the um, technically um, qualified teachers that was in my school, I was responsible for basically creating a lot of different curriculum and getting it out there. But um, as that started to fade away, I was able to focus more on tripping on legends. And it's, and it's interesting how when you, are, <laughs> when you run a show that's based on going out and doing things, when you're not allowed to do that, you have to really start making up interesting kind of twists on the paranormal to kind of keep the content going. And I, I, I've been saying a lot as I reflect back on what's been going on with the way that people have reacted to everything that's been going on is I've said that people have used this time to become kind of more introspective to themselves right. uh, uh, about themselves because they have the opportunity now to think uh you know to think deeper oh is that that's the they're um, painting lines i think in the parking are, are they or yeah. is that no i don't know he had cones out and i was a little concerned very weird <laughs> yeah no, it's like weird the, things in the parking guess, lot chris yeah, you're guess, used to this i guess uh, we're not oh, the only no, ones yeah. back to work tonight huh clearly I we have no attention span but my, my, my point is that, you know, people kind of looked at it and said, you know, what am I doing? Kind of a self-evaluation yeah. of what am I doing with my life? Do I want to keep doing things the way that I'm doing? And I think, like, the paranormal world had a huge opportunity to do that, to kind of look back and say, what are we doing? How can we change this? There's been some pivoting in some degree, but I don't know if overall things have changed. I don't think they – I mean, I would, I would call upon you guys to answer that as well, but – the one thing that I've, I've seen from the paranormal community that I like, um, which is also kind of discouraging from my end, is that they're out there, right, um, in terms of they are connecting with their audiences. They're getting their ideas out via things like Facebook Live or, or IGTV. Um, I think last night I was, I was doing something, and I had about 23 notices that paranormal-based people were live. Like they kept popping up, and so the negative part is that is you know this what are you saying in these things, right? Like we're being inundated by it. But the good part of it is is that people are realizing like oh wait a minute, like I have a voice, I don't just have to be an audience member. I can get out there and talk too, and and, and people are finding that and people are connecting to it, and so that's always a very positive thing. The content that's another question, but the the fact that people are actually connecting and being able to. Um, kind of even plan their week to be like, oh, you know what, I'm going to touch base with this person this week because I know that, you know, this time because I know they're going to go live and, and that time. And so, you know, I hope that as we move forward, people stay with that 
and because they kind of get used to the fact that they are they have a microphone in front of them, um, start really like you were saying, kind of think about like what are we saying, what are we getting out there, and who do we want to be? It's tough. It's tough to have a paranormal personality and figure out just what your niche is and just what you do and just how you want to communicate with people. But but one of the things that you and I talked about, and uh, you know, and I've talked about this with with Jeff Belanger and some other folks as well, like this proved that it is kind of the time of the content creator that instead of sitting yeah. around and waiting for because network television shut down so mm-hmm. you know television programs are you know they're running things like tonight where it's something that was filmed pre-covid or they're taking things that are kind of rehashes and kind of finding new twists on them like having everybody reunite on zoom kind of things right. so the content itself wasn't necessarily enough to keep people interested so they started looking to the internet for what was going on so you know jeff starts something like his his nightly speakeasies that he was doing connecting with people and people are tuning into tripping on legends on facebook live and you know it seemed like it it finally shook everybody out of the mindset of i can only sit and watch tv you know i can Mm -hmm. i can only go and do this or only go and look up that like they started to realize that there's a lot of interesting information out there in ways that are interesting to consume it that they just had to kind of shake up their usual pattern to be able to find it. Yeah, and the content or, or, or wanting to get out your content, the technology is caught up with it. So it's really easy to put something out there. And, and it's funny because I watch um, some people that I follow really well and I say, wait a minute, they're using the same thing I am. How did they get that effect in there? Or how are they able to do that? Or, and so I think that... Um, you know, it got to a point where it, you couldn't just watch Criminal Minds for 17 hours a day, which I tried once. Um, you, had, you had to go out and you had to, like, do stuff, and you had the time to do it, and you had the time to experiment. And so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, like, that part of it continues. And once again, like I said, the cream rises to the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's for that's for Ross, who's listening right now, I'm sure. By the way, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. McHugh, but... That's one of the many things that happened uh, while we're off the air. But, uh, yeah, anytime you're going to reference the cream rising to the top, that's going to get a macho man. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> the, but, so, yeah, what you're saying, though, is absolutely right, that the cream will rise to the top, that the people who are into it for the right reasons are going to start to get that focus. And I think it also took some people that didn't really have a megaphone before and gave them at least a little push to say, well, what else am I doing? I might as well go start this. I might as well go do that, see what happens. And so now there's a lot more good people that might not have been willing to put themselves out there like that that had nothing else going on and said, you know, I'll give it a try. Yeah, and, and it's also, I'm, I'm seeing people who I follow uh, for one thing, it might be a paranormal reason, and then all of a sudden I'm seeing them live on like a comic book show. And so now I'm engaged in a topic that's not necessarily ghosts with someone who I like, but they're talking about a different topic. Or uh, one of my paranormal friends does like a little gardening thing. Um, and it's like, oh, wow. Like, so now I'm kind of doing that. I'm following the person who is, I, I know, in one way, but they're exploring this other aspect of themselves as well. And so I'm able to kind of like, oh, for a little bit, you know, find out about turnips because that's interesting. And there's probably not a lot of you know, research that went on because uh, there was a, sh- a shutdown here, at least in Massachusetts. And I know in Florida, they went through it. And in, mo- in most places had different versions of a shutdown, depending on how, how bad things were. But 
a lot of the places that we would normally go and investigate probably fell into the realm of, you know, least likely to be open and probably last mm-hmm. to reopen. Uh, you know, haunted restaurants and bars, sure, they're trying to get those open as fast as they can. But the little heritage museums, you know, things like that, those are, you know, phase four type kind of places. They're not really in a rush to open those doors again because, you know, for the most part, they weren't getting a lot of people that were going into them anyway. So what's the point? And at least here, I don't know how it is where you are, but here, as you know, most of our historical societies only have mm-hmm. older exactly folks. That's exactly what I was just about to yeah. say, yeah. Yeah, and they're all at risk, so they don't even want to show up and be the volunteers anymore. Um, so it, it, the places that we would normally be investigating aren't getting investigated. And the research that we need to get our hands on, the archive stuff and the libraries and things like that, are not necessarily open. Um, I've been trying to, I, I literally am looking at it right here in my room. It says in big red letters on this dry erase board on a project I'm working on, why is the cemetery sacred? Um, and, and it has to do with this small little cemetery in this kind of forgotten town in Florida. And I cannot get anybody from the Seminole tribe to contact me back with more than two or three sentences to explain this. Why? Because everything is shut down. And they literally are like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm emailing you from my, you know, from my cell phone right now. Like, we can't, we we're not allowed to go in there. Um, or, you know, I went to a, a haunted location, <clears throat> excuse me, and over the course of, you know, tracking down this legend, talking to the person, they're like, oh, you won't even believe the activity we have in the visitor's center. I'm like, well, can I go there? And they're like, oh, no, 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 that's not open. Right. You wouldn't you know, think. You're running a day camp. And, and, it, and it was like, so it's not only just the haunted locations, but also the resources and kind of the people who are in the know are hard to get to. Right. I mean, you would think that this is the time that they'd be saying, hey, you know, we're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. You've been asking us for years if you can come in here and investigate. Now is the time to do it. But the, the, the reality of the situation is they couldn't. So even if they wanted to let you yeah. in, letting you in would be a violation of the state mandates. And then that could only cause them more problems. And and I know, you know, I, I don't want to make it a political thing, but there was always the argument of, well, can they really fine you for, you know, can they really shut down Walmart if 110 people are in there instead of 105? You know, like, can they really do all this stuff? And, you know, I, I think a lot of these smaller places were very cognizant of those rules because they are so dependent on being able to let people in that they don't want to do anything that would be perceived as a black mark for them. Yeah. And, it, and, and the other side of that is uh, people who run like ghost tours or people who are kind of paranormal authorities in their area, you try to contact them to get research information or even just be like, Hey, I just want to see the places that are on your tour, talk about them. And they're like, well, can we do it like next week on this? Because they have to find other ways to make money now. They have to find another thing to do with their time because they can't do what they normally uh, are kind of in, in their in their normal schedule. They can't make money with it anymore, and so they've moved on to other things now as well. So we've also lost that. Right. Well, we're going to take our break here coming up. Uh, we're going to go to the news. When we come back on the other side, we will be uh, talking more with Chris about not only just some of the stuff that's been going on, but also what's coming up uh, because there's, uh, you know, Chris has a new book. And there's uh, some other things that he and I are working on that we can talk about. And, of course, we can get a little sneak preview of what he has planned for this Tuesday with Tripping on Legends Live on Midnight.fm. And, uh, and of course, if you already follow Chris uh, with his uh, Facebook Live videos, those aren't going anywhere. And if you listen to him on podcast, that's not going anywhere. We're just adding one more 
aspect for people to be able to listen to the show because uh, as I told Chris, you know, I don't ever want to do anything and not be able to involve all you guys in it because, you know, I wouldn't be doing the things I'm doing if it wasn't for the support that you guys always gave me. So, you know, any opportunities that I have, I try to turn those around. And since I didn't have an opportunity here and we just kind of created one for ourselves, makes it even better, Mm -hmm. you know, and it makes us feel like we actually have some control over it. And I think we're finally seeing, you know, what, what, our network could be and should be and we'll keep keep on rolling with that and speaking of the network on midnight.fm i don't know what amy has planned for you but just so that you're aware we're going to be taking a news break and we're not going to be able to run that news break over the simulcast so you'll hear something else or maybe maybe you'll hear nothing but we'll be back uh, in about six and a half minutes when we return with more spooky south coast coming up and remember if you are enjoying this and you're hearing us on midnight.fm for the first time, you can download all the spooky South Coast archives for free wherever you get your podcasts. Back in a few moments right here on WBSM. Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast here on WBSM. And you can also hear us simulcast on midnight.fm because that's your new home for 24-7 paranormal stuff. All right. I can't talk about this other thing, but there's something else. I'll tell you guys about it off the air. But there's something else huge coming in the paranormal world that I'm excited to be a part of. I will tell you about that as soon as I can. But it's coming your way in October. And that's all I can say on the air. But I'm very excited. Can't wait till I can spill the beans on it. But like I said, I'll tell you guys about it off the air later because okay. as long as as long as you don't tell anybody else. You just had- Hold on, I didn't press the button, I guess. Okay, try it now. Can you hear me? Yep. I said you just had all of six minutes to tell me and you didn't. You know already, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well in that case. I've kind of so translation. He gets to tell me at the end. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know what's going on. Well, right I'll now. catch her up on anything that she okay. doesn't know. But very cool paranormal thing coming down the pipeline. Very excited for it, and uh, and of course we have uh, lots of different things that'll be happening. We don't know what the world will bring in what's coming, so we've kind of been hedging things a little bit. But Stephanie, I know that you've kind of gotten back into, you know, putting some things on the calendar. I've tried, yes, as much as possible. You know. Um, I figured I didn't want to sit around all year and not do something. And a lot of people were really looking for an escape after being stuck in the house for as long as they have been. So we have three different events coming up. Um, Actually, you'll be with me for one of them Mm -hmm. in Virginia. Um, So we'll be at the historic Oliver House on October 3rd in Massachusetts. And we will be at the historic Dunlora Inn in Mineral, Virginia, October 23rd to 25th. And Tim will be with us there. We're going to have a ton of fun. I can't wait for that. I actually can't wait for you to see what it's like there and how active it is and just I've how heard, amazing it's going to be. I've heard great things, be. so. 
And then November 13th and 14th, we'll be at the Historic Lookout House in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. So obviously, we're going to be safe. We're going to abide by CDC guidelines. We're going to force people to be clean and wash their hands because you should anyways. Um, but I'm really excited um, to add more to that, too, because I feel like we shouldn't have to live in fear, even though it is a scary time. So doing everything that we can to remain safe and hang out with each other at the same time and social distance. But, you know social distance with ghosts maybe maybe not they they can't give you covid so um and and, and i'm just gonna throw this out here paranormal people are gross um i think a lot of people are just gross anyway right but, but yes us in the paranormal we're pretty gross so um so yeah let's keep it I, clean i'm not arguing <laughs> i showered today you know um try to do that every day but you know try to try to keep it you know going as much as possible and try to put some online stuff you know i I put my reiki classes um as hybrid classes to teach one half online and one half in person just to try to abide by these new crazy world rules so and rules change every day they do they do it's it's really wild so you know try to try to keep up with everything you know i know you said it's a time for a content creator and it's great but i can tell you i am tens of thousands of dollars in the hole from not being able to do my everyday job which was to right. travel so you know it was hard for all of us but to be able to connect with people in a new way in a different way i think is really interesting and to connect with the spirits in a new way in a different way too and you know there's there's the benefit of if we get to the point where things can kind of go back to what mm-hmm. they were before then even though they'll be different but you know if you can go back to the travel and having the events on a right. regular basis and all that now you've also added something new into the arsenal so it's it's cause for some growth right uh, it seems limiting now but i think overall it'll pay off with uh, a lot of growth and and by the way speaking of the oliver house yes i will let you know how it goes because i'll be there on friday oh will you yeah doing a live broadcast from there oh maybe i'll just come stalk you you know where to find me i, I do. uh the and if you want to pop in Moniz, feel free. I mean, I say that. Let me make sure that it's okay with Christy. Yeah, they have some weird rules there right now. I know they're limited to only <laughs> yeah. 10 people in the house. So I don't it's know. It's actually eight, I think. I, well, I think it's eight plus yeah. there too. So, but I think she's the only one that's going to be there from the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then me. So that makes eight. So they I think. They have new cameras that they watch remotely while you're there. And um, it's a little sketchy. Would you be able to put rotate people outside and inside yes and, that's what we're doing for yeah. our event there okay um so that way we abide by not so much like governor baker's rules are different it's actually 25 and um the oliver house rules are different right. due to the hey, well, town it, politics i yeah. was gonna say it's probably town related yep. it was it was just dropped back down right 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 but they're hopefully going to be able to put it back up in, right you know, but even relatively soon when we had this conversation it was higher right in the town politics at the they're, oliver house are a little and different. let's face it the hall the oliver house isn't huge anyway right so for them to have to scale back and do maybe more events, but with less people at them. Yep. It's about it, the size of the ferry. Uh, it's a little bigger ish. Uh, I said you know, about. I would, you know, I would. I would say it probably is bigger. Yeah. But it's more open. It's yeah. also, you know, very much like in the same vein where everybody kind of crowds into one area anyway. Right. I've only been on the outside. Haven't been inside. Well, it's, come it's on by cool. Friday. The the uh, again, let me check with Christy, yeah. but I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> but the um, the idea is, uh, you know, we're going to do a live broadcast from there of Midnight Society. So I said to her, you know, if you have volunteers that are here and they can investigate while the show is live, that's cool. You know, but if not, I'm sure we'll have some stuff happening uh, in the background as we're doing the show anyway. So because that place is so super active. Any activity happen outdoors? Yep. 
in the in the back there's a lot of stuff that goes on so if you uh, have extra people i might be able to help tour around outside no this isn't an event that oh. i'm doing this is just a broadcast oh okay. yeah it's just him this is yeah the idea sorry i should have specified that okay. the idea is that um because of the system that we built for me to to do the broadcast from home is portable okay we said let's see if we can make it portable and bring it out on the road and do shows. So, you know, down the line, if this works out, we'll do one from Lizzie Borden, you know, basically anywhere where there's yeah. internet connection, I can do the show. So like Fearing Tavern, probably not, uh, but because you, know, you need internet. Access. Maybe we can even figure something out for that, but I think it would be fun to kind of get out there now and then and do it. But I, sh I'll show you my mixer, man. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Amy recommended it. So, um, I, I give her the mixer credit. or you got it actually on a computer. type. Thing? No, no, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a roadcaster. So oh, okay. it's uh, it's really cool and it lights up and it has sliders and it's just awesome. So, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you about that later on. I don't think the audience cares. Yeah. Uh, and Chris is with us. Chris, I think I left your mic up during the news break. I'm good. I, I muted me. Okay. As long as you weren't, uh, you know, hearing the news and reacting and being like, oh, that's son of a, no. But uh, <laughs> no, I was tucking my kids in actually. Okay. So it's, a good it's all plan. good. Well, yes. I, and so one of the things that I, I find fascinating to me about the work that you've been doing down there is you're, you've found, first of all, I mean, you always seem to find connections of things down there that come back and tie into things that, uh, that, that go on here, but you've basically found another dark woods. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, it, it, is, it is crazy. It's this area uh, it's called the Ocala National Forest. Um, it is a little bit um, north of Orlando, so it's central Florida. And I originally went there because I had visited a few of the towns. I was doing some library things, and just things seemed really off. Like, it was just really weird. Um, light and sound seemed to even be traveling differently there. Like, I, it was noticeable. It was so noticeable. My co-host, even, who's not necessarily trained in paranormal things, was saying, hey, weird things are going on here. But then it was just story after story after story. So when I wanted to do uh, my second book with Arcadia, I was like, in the history press, I was like, oh, well, how about the Ocala Forest? I, you know, there seemed to be a lot of different legends there. And they were like, okay, that sounds good. We love regional stuff. As I started to post that I was working on this book, the stories that I began to get were overwhelming, not only in their content and the things that were going on, but also just the, like, the, just the volume of it. I posted in uh, Historic Florida. Just, just a, it's a Facebook group that has nothing to do with the paranormal whatsoever. Uh, and within four days, I had had like almost 400 responses um, and about 100 friend requests and people wanting to tell me about the weird things that were going on there. And it's all there. It's, all, it's got the, the, the cult-like uh, aspect to it, just like Freetown. It's got this uh, vortex, something weird dimensionally going on. And then, of course, it has tons and tons of, of legends. And, and the best part is, is that I'm hearing the same story from all these different parts. Um, and, and it's the same story. <laughs> it's the same backstory, but it happens in this location or it happens in this location. And then it's got this one really weird thing. I would love to bring it up tonight to get your guys' opinion on it. Um, and I think I mentioned it to you, Tim. When I talk to someone about this Ocala National Forest, they tell me their story. They can even tell me what town it's in. And then I always ask the same question. After I started seeing this pattern, I start asking the same question, which is, 
is it on the east side of the forest, the west side of the forest, the north side of the forest, or the south? And down to a person, they cannot identify geographically where they are. They are just in the forest. And some of them are not even in the forest. They're like on a town just west of it. And I asked them, oh, are you on the west side or the east side? And I already know the answer. And they can't, they can't say it. They, they're like, oh, I, 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 don't, even, I don't even know. Um, and it, it's this weird, almost like supernatural, um, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Amnesia mm-hmm. that goes on there. It has this kind of impact on the people where they just become part of this big thing as opposed to even being able to tell geographically uh, where they are. Have you guys ever experienced that before? Well, Stephanie and I actually did uh, yeah. when the Plymouth Paracon was happening a couple of years ago. And by the way, uh, anybody that was planning on attending this year, it's been canceled. So they've postponed everything that was going on with that to the Mass Paracon in 2021. So just be aware of that for your planning purposes. Uh, but the the last Plymouth Paracon, mm-hmm. we went. So we were told that we weren't supposed to go into Burial Hill at night. But we we, we listen really well. <laughs> We also had a few drinks. Um, did I? I don't know if you did, but I did. I but we were so, we were sober when we went up there. But we we already had it in our yeah. While we had had a few <laughs> drinks, that's when we kind of were like, we're gonna go up there, right? But it's okay because we had <laughs> Jeff Campbell with us. So Not who that does? Night. Yeah, he was there. Didn't what? he? I thought he was up there with us. Mm-mm, the second night. Oh well, then I have total false recollection of that. Then, but anyway, <laughs> oh no, Ty was with us. It was Ty, Ty was, was with us. Yeah. yeah. So we went up there and, you know, again, don't ever go places that you're not supposed to, but it was kind of okay because we were part of this event and they knew that we were utilizing this right. for investigation. So we we went up there and this is a place that we've been there numerous times. I love to go there. Like if it's a nice afternoon, I'll go spend a couple hours up at Burial Hill in Plymouth. And so I know it pretty damn well. And I don't, but when you're there, it's not that large. So you right. can see, like you're literally up on a hill. You and can see all the buildings below you. You can see where you need to go. And the giant hotel that we're staying right. at is right in front of us. <laughs> and right in front of that is a huge monument. Right. So you would think that, you know, we Lots wouldn't. Of landmarks. Right. But for some reason, we just got so turned around up there in the dark that we couldn't find our way out. And there's, there's at least, I haven't been down the the hill on the on the far side but there's at least two staircases in the area that we were that would have led us back down to the street because it's a hill you literally are up on a hill and we couldn't even find the staircases to be able to kind of reorient ourselves and get out of there and it was just it was it was it was dizzying Mm -hmm. and it was just very uncomfortable and It, it was strange and the second night when we were not just three of us we were with jeff we were with a bigger crowd when I was leading people out thinking I was going down one staircase, I ended up at the wrong one. And I was actually really aggravated that I ended up at the wrong one because I was for sure that I was going toward the right one. And not to mention one of them is far steeper. Right. And more of a pain to, to go up and down than so the other like, one. So like, how did this happen? And I was I was, I was was mad. I was uh, so mad. Moniz, have you been there in, in all your years of like when you used to kind of do things <laughs> off the radar? <laughs> did you ever go up to, to Burial Hill at night? Oh, yeah. And uh, does that let, ever happen to you? Well, let me put this in this context. Back in the back in the day, when doing this stuff was not as we'll call it popular, or you know, it would be done in a covert manner for two reasons. Number one, 
didn't want people to know I'm actually up there looking for spiritual things going on. Number two, we were going up there and partying, but you also don't want the cops know sure. going up there doing things. So tisk tisk. Hey, teenager in I'm, the 80s. I'm Hello. I'm judging you right now. Go right ahead. He's still a teenager. Guilty as charged. Okay. Guilty as charged. You're still stuck in the 80s as a teenager. So Okay. But yeah, so you get that same effect, that same kind of like you would get disoriented and not really know where you were? Eventually. And, and <laughs> Because well, of your yeah. mind-altering substances. But, but Chris, I mean, I don't know if you've been in, in Burial Hill at night, but it's important to note, it's not dark. There are street no. lights all around the cemetery that naturally just light up the cemetery itself. So you're not in the dark so that's why it's so weird that you can still as stephanie mm-hmm. said you can see this the 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 landscape around you of these buildings and mm-hmm. you you can look ahead and say okay that's you know that's this street and that's this street and that's spooner and that you know and you know like which way to go you can see the street signs and on top of it that bar that was around the corner bar and restaurant had a lot of loud music that night so we knew that we were staying far away from that so if that was on one end you walk toward the opposite end and somehow end up still down the same yes, stairs very strange that was right next to the sound so well the cemetery isn't all that large no, no. it's not that's the entire point why yeah, it's so you aggravating shouldn't, you shouldn't be so lost in there but you, <laughs> right and then we tell jeff about it jeff campbell and he's like yep why'd you go up there without me you know at night? well because we listen really well but it, you know it wasn't dangerous for us so that no. was that was good however it was just like if we sat in the middle honest to god and we're just completely lost by the big stone right somebody walking by would eventually be like why are you idiots sitting there because you can see everything mm-hmm. from the streets so. and, and and meanwhile by the way ty thinks that we're just total idiots because we talked him into going up there and you know he's from maine so he's not used to this and right. and he just thinks that we're you know like just idiots that we can't figure our way out of a cemetery but well, like we're trying to explain too. right but we're trying to explain to him like no this is we this should be right here right but he got lost too it happened to him too so anyway that's that's our that's our uh, it was frustrating that's our burial hill story chris not that it relates but it it's you know certainly a similar effect well, you also have the problem, well, getting back to what Chris was saying, is most people have no idea where north, south, east, or west is anymore either. So you kind of have to take that into consideration. Right. Like, if you were to say somebody, like, drive east, I, you know, I wouldn't know unless my car told me which direction I was going in, because most people just don't know. They're not acquainted with it. And we're talking about a little cemetery. He's talking about a, a, a huge forest. forest. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I'd have to take my phone out and look at the compass to kind of see where I'm going or open up a map to make sure I can walk back to the entrance. So, um, but I would take the initiative to probably see where I was, but a lot of people don't realize it or they allow themselves to get so caught up that they don't pay attention. And I agree with that, except for the fact that it's like dozens of people. You know, like if it's one of those things and, 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 it, and it runs the gamut, it runs, you know, I'm getting a lot of small town people, but then also a lot of professionals, lawyers, doctors, things like that. And, and, it's, and it's not only the, the fact that they don't, but they become completely baffled and razzled when I do it, you know, and it's, and it's, um, and it's interesting because everything that you guys were saying about being disoriented um, happens in this place. People say, you know, I've been hunting in these woods for years, and then this one day I couldn't find my way out. Um, or cemeteries or landmarks disappear. I call it the shift. And that was one of the very first things that happened to me with this Ocala State Forest was 
I had found this really interesting piece of evidence, I want to say. Um, we were kind of led off the path when we were looking for this swamp witch. It's a really long story, which I won't get into. But we essentially found a noose hanging from a tree that was extremely weathered. You know what I'm saying? It had been there for years, decades. Uh, it was almost grown into the tree. Um, and when a friend of mine went there to the exact same location the next week, the noose wasn't there. Um, and that kind of moving of things, and that might not seem big. Well, someone came out and got it. I mean, it was something that was, we had to go out of our way to notice it. And we drew him a physical map, and he still couldn't find exactly where it was. Cemeteries go missing. Um, landmarks that people have known their whole life, they can't find it on Tuesday. When they go the next Wednesday, it's there. Um, but it's also this kind of, the fact that when I say it to them, they just become completely confused. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, and, and, and you know, from the Ocala National Forest, it's an hour to one ocean and an hour to another ocean. You know, so it does have this kind of sense, and you're either at the Gulf or you're at the Atlantic. So there is some kind of, there should be, I should say, a natural bearing. So to have that many people... It, it, it's, it's something really weird. It, it does have a, you know, I, I completely agree with Stephanie, like, a lot of people just don't know where they are in this world, <laughs> like, physically. Um, but so many of them, and the reaction when I ask is also something that just gives me, it's, just like, it's one of those things that's gnawing on me that I just can't explain. Hey, mind if I uh, give you a little story about Ocala? Oh, I would love it. Okay, um... I, I did a little trip down there. I, the company I used to work for, I used to have to go to Palm Beach for training. And, you know, certain weekend uh, days I would be able to be let loose. And I, I, I did a little poking around down there. But not only that, a good friend of mine who's a well-known uh, abductee had a swamp ape, swamp ape encounter there and took some uh, nighttime shots of it. So that whole Ocala forest has every kind of paranormal thing going on there. Oh yeah, it does. It and, does. And talk about and getting disoriented. Um, I was with, uh, Andrew Lake at nine men's misery. We went in there and no problem. And trying to get back out, him and I literally could not find our way back out. And it, it wasn't for one little thing that triggered where we could find the path. We'd probably still be wandering out there. It's a weird yeah, location. Yeah, and that's someplace that you had been, you had been a lot. Yeah. You've been there. But Andy I mean, and I, Andy especially. And Andy's very good about his surroundings, too, yeah. especially when it comes to stuff like that. We were both totally disoriented. Yeah. And the only thing that saved us is a, a, a little reflective trail marker mm -hmm. that somebody nailed to a tree. Once we saw that, we, we, we were finally able to get orientation. And Andrew was like, I can't believe I can't find where the path mm -hmm. was. And and Chris, is it, this forest has the same legends behind it, like the the same kind of history as Freetown. It has it has a lot less history attached to it, as in it doesn't seem to. And once again, much like Freetown, I'm I'm an outsider coming into this, right? And instead of being an hour and a half, I'm three and a half hours away. Um, and everyone who I talk to only knows the history of their little part of it, you know? And I, I, I've been researching, like, well, what is the history of the forest? And it doesn't seem to have this kind of glorified 
um, place within Florida, right? Like it's not this overly important place. It just seems to be that it's like every every pocket of it has a historical importance only to that community, and they live and die by it. So then as you're collecting these stories, uh, you know, are, do, do, are you finding that people are open and willing to talk about it? Because I know that we've, especially you, when you were first starting to chronicle Freetown for Dark Woods, you had trouble getting people opening up and, and telling you their stories. It has been a landslide. Like, it's been an avalanche of, of stories that I'm getting, like, more than I can actually even handle. It's the exact opposite uh, of Freetown, right? And, and if I post one thing about it, I start getting, and, and I put it on public, I start getting responses from people I haven't even heard. And I have to check, like, the spam section of Messenger because I'm getting so much. And, and it's, it's, it's really interesting because so many of them then say, is anyone else experiencing this, right? So what that tells me is within these communities, people don't talk about it amongst themselves too much, right? And oddly enough, there's not a lot of, like, paranormal documentation, like websites dedicated to it or stuff like that, but everyone seems to have something. But then they always say, well, is anyone else, you know, experiencing these, these skunk apes? sightings or is anyone else experiencing these weird lights in the woods or these disappearing headstones and i'm like yeah like three miles over from that people are also saying three miles over i don't even know that person and it's one of the things that led me on this track was the fact that i was researching this disappeared forgotten town called pemberton ferry which is right outside of the forest and there they don't talk about their paranormal at all Right. So as the history of this small little town has been wiped away, so is so is the legend. So are the legends. So are the stories. And trying to get anyone in that area, which is now called something completely different, trying to get them to talk about the paranormal, it's impossible. And there's all these great moments that should have ghostly activity. Right. There should be ghostly legends there. One section um, it, it, it reminds me of the Asonet Ledge because this one section of this river has had dozens of deaths, dozens of deaths, unexplained deaths, weird deaths, like people, um, uh, people looking at someone and then two seconds later they're gone, right? Or um, people diving in to look for phosphorus, which is very popular there, and being impaled by a pterodon bone. You know what I'm saying? Like these really weird unexplained kind of when you look at the entire thing all these massacres which a massacre also happened a few miles up from it and yet no ghost stories right but you go 20 minutes as you get closer to ocala and everyone seems to have them but they don't share them with each other it's it's really interesting situation Hmm. well uh, now that you are putting all these out there though and you're you're getting all these uh stories that are happening you know, at least at least now it's going to be easier for you to find the patterns. You know, by getting all these stories instead mm-hmm. of having to, instead of having to look at a small sample and try to see the patterns and then try to find other stories that fit into the pattern. Now you can kind of at least get, parting the pun, more of the forest for the trees. <laughs> if you, I would, I look like a conspiracy theorist in my room right now because I have all of these little 
tags that, that remind me of what the story is, and I've got these lines connecting them. Uh, so, I mean, you and I talked about this, so complex and so hard that I don't know what string to pull for, to, to, to tell this story, right? It's one of those things where it's, it's kind of you just one story leads into another story, which leads into another story. And that's the other interesting aspect of this forest is when people share their paranormal moments, they, they have no context for it or they have no explanation for it. They almost have this weird kind of paranormal PTSD where they've been living in this weird dimensional bubble for so long that when they want to communicate what I always call the heart of the haunting, like the heart of the story, they don't know where to start and they don't know where to end. And so it begins by being a, a skunk ape story, which turns into a cult story, because there's a very active cult in that area, to um, some person that one time, to I had this dream, to then I saw these ghost lights one day, and they just don't know. It's just kind of like like vomiting all of these experiences because they, there's no narrative, right? When we hear a ghost story, for most people, it has a beginning, middle, and an end because people have processed it. This doesn't have those, that processing. People don't know where to start the story. They don't know where to end it. And then when I ask a question, it leads to another thing that happened to them, which they think is somehow related. But I'm not inside their head. So my job as an interviewer is to try to see why they're connecting it. And a lot of them don't. They, they don't have a reason why they associate these two moments that happened. They just know that they are. So, And you said that that's something that you're working on now. You're in the process of putting all that together now. Yeah, that's the book that I'm, 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 uh, I'm finishing up in the fall. So that's like my major push. That's the book that I'm publishing right now. But you, you also have another book that's... Uh, I do. <laughs> and this one's a little bit lighter in some, some sense. It's funny because <clears throat> I was doing an interview earlier today, and they were like, okay you've got this really great book coming out or this really great idea for a book coming out. It's called Haunted Florida Love Stories. We're going to have a good time. And then after I told them the first story, they were like, dude, like, we have to stop for a second because that was really depressing, <laughs> <laughs> which love can be, right? Um, yeah, it's called Haunted Florida Love Stories. <laughs> and the idea of it is is that they're all ghostly legends across Florida um, which have love as the backstory for the haunting, or at least that's the story that the people in that community tell. And, and so what happened was, <laughs> we were, uh, you know, I've been doing Tripping on Legends now for four years, and we would always, we had the same format, right? We would find a legend, we would do an episode where we discussed it, and then either we would go out the next week and actually go to that location and legend trip it or like it would be a, a little bit down the road but we would always have like a follow-up episode and it just became this going joke between natalie and i that we would always go at some point up oh, hashtag haunted love because so many of these stories and when i say love i don't necessarily just mean romantic love right uh, i'm talking much more about passion so it could be love for your job Right, that you have to keep doing after you die. You're dead. You shouldn't have to do it anymore. You come back and you do it. Or love between a parent and their children. And then, of course, you know, love usually gone wrong between two lovers. Are there a lot of stories that come from this, too, that are 
you know, the way that you love to break things down, you look at things that are tropes. You look at things that are, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the jilted lover, I'm thinking, or the person who loses their beloved and is now, you know, pining for them forever. Do you see a lot of those type of uh, archetype stories that, that are coming out of Florida? I see it everywhere. I mean, these, I mean, that's why I was able to create instead of a regional book, a themed book, um, because there's so, there were so many, um, backstories that were similar, except for a little bit of the details were changed. Right. So when one location, um, it was a suicide, you know, a double suicide because of a misunderstanding. And on the other side, there was a, you know, both people had killed themselves because their parents kept them apart. And on the other side, I mean, so it was this kind of like, oh, wow, these are, this is the same five stories, but each community puts their own little wrinkle on it. Um, there's this area called Silver Springs, which is actually part of, of the Ocala National Forest. And it has four different legends attached to the activity in, in, that, in, that, um, in that spot, which is called, it used to be called the, the Bridal Chamber. Now it's called the Abyss. And it's pretty much a bottomless pit. So it's a bottomless pit of water. And people have been seeing ghost lights and seeing these um, ghostly canoes in that area for generations. And over the last hundred years, there have been at least, at least that I know of, four different legends of to what these lights are. And they all involve death and love. Um, and two of the stories are the exact same story. All they did was replace Americans with Native Americans. And so, yeah, I am seeing these same kind of themes playing themselves out over and over and over again in these locations. And then I can say, oh, I heard that story in Massachusetts. I have that same backstory there. But have you have you found the redheaded hitchhiker in Florida yet? <laughs> Florida loves its white women, um, you know, like they're glowing white women hitchhikers. <laughs> so I have not found a redheaded hitchhiker. And Florida... Once again, like a lot of this crosses over, um, Florida has a lot of female women walking roads at night, glowing white, and then a lot of shadow men, shadow men with hats, um, in the same locations. So it's, it's like, well, okay, wait a minute. That's like the next exploration. Why are these same locations having these two different ghost stories attached? And the, the shadow man is always the newer part of the legend um but yeah like we're, we like our we like our wandering white women much more chris as you're telling this they're rerunning last week's hotel paranormal on the big big tv that we now have in the studio and uh and they're showing a, a shadow. shadow figure yeah as you're telling that story so how's that for a synchronicity i don't i don't think i ever want to sit close to the door ever again and not be paying attention and having moniz the scared face pointing toward the doorway for as long as I live. That's true. Yes. That, was that, was, that was pretty quick. But I've been pointing each time I pop up on the screen. Right, but I know what you're pointing at because you're smiling because right. you're happy to see yourself. No, I just, I'm just being goofy. Genuinely terrified. It's they like just, we're talking about it and it's there. Like, <laughs> they, just, they just need to not run episodes back to back because then people will realize that I just wore the same shirt for every episode. <laughs> there's, like, there's literally 10 episodes and in every one you will see me in this maroon shirt. It is my favorite shirt that I own. It is. Although this one is pretty much jumping up the list here. The, the, all these shirts they, that I've got from Parabox are awesome. Maroon oh, shirt super two. Soft. Right. 
I'm, I'm like not to be weird, but you need to like feel it before you leave tonight. I'll feel you before I leave. Because oh, you're okay. you're totally gonna want to start wearing these shirts. Okay. They're they're so soft. Um, again. <laughs> Uh, not to we digress. not to go off topic. So Chris, they can get that book now, right? That's available on Amazon. Um, it doesn't officially come out until the fifteenth, but they can pick it up now. They can pre-order it now. By the way, as we're speaking about, I've already gotten three messages about the Ocala Forest as we're talking. Well, I think it's From only going to get worse. Who, yes, <laughs> because everyone's got a story, so it's crazy. And and uh, and. We'll get into uh, we'll get into what's coming up uh, on uh, tripping on legends live this week, but you know as as that keeps going too, you're only going to get more people you know calling it. So just keep that inbox open. That's uh, that's all I can say. Now before we go away from book writing, do we do we want to? I mean, I guess we kind of announced it already a little bit, but do yeah. uh, we we, yeah. we can kind of discuss this a little bit. But for those of you who aren't familiar, Chris and I wrote a book together uh, a few years ago. What was it like 2012 or something? Oh my word, it was like, yeah, like eight years ago now. Yeah, so we wrote a book together called Haunted Objects, Stories of Ghosts on Your Shelf, and we are now the proud owners of the publishing rights to that book because the publishing company went out of business. You need a clap button. And then I have one on my mixer. I know. Uh, But so the, oh, there I am. Uh, uh, (laughs) I should turn the TV off on Saturday nights uh, for the next few weeks. But the, um, the, company went out of business and it got absorbed by penguin books so for a while we became penguin authors which was pretty awesome right <coughs> oh yeah that but, was my goal in life but then you know well i mean penguin publishes stephen king books so like no i'm was, with you i'm not disagreeing yeah that was a big deal so but then you know we reach out to penguin and we like what's going on and they're like oh no yeah no well you guys own that book now so since we had the rights we figured and they took down the ebook you can't get the ebook mm-hmm. anymore uh, so now, since it's all ours, we figured, well, let's put it back out there. But if we're going to put it back out there, why not kind of give it a, a little bit of a, a glossing over? and, yeah, and Spruce yeah, it up a little bit. I don't think anybody's uh, going to be upset, Chris, if we say we weren't 100% happy with the way that the, the published book came out to begin with. Yeah, it, it wasn't what I envisioned and it wasn't what we envisioned originally. <laughs> you know, I think it's a really good book. Right. We're still proud um, but- of it, but... Yeah, but it's it's still it's it still has a lot less grammar than errors than uh, Dark Wood, and it's a lot more interesting than Picture Yourself Capturing Ghosts on Film. So I'm not complaining, but yes, I would have done the book differently. So the idea now is that we're going to kind of freshen it up a little bit, give it kind of more of what we envisioned it being, and then re-releasing it. So even if you already have it, you know it's it's probably worth picking up the new version of it when it comes out. But also, we decided that in the time that's been going on since like we've gotten more stories and mm-hmm. so it's worth putting out a follow-up so we're going to work together on a follow-up to that uh that we'll also put out and you know so if you've got stories you can email me tim at spooky you can email chris you want to give out your the email that you want them to use chris spooky tripping at gmail.com and you can send them to us you know if you have photos great uh, but if you just want to share with us the story of what happened to you, we appreciate you sharing with us. And then if we are, if we want to kind of follow up with you, we will. We'll reach out. Uh, but I, I mean, Chris, I, I just want to do the second book just so I can tell the story of the chair. Yeah, I mean, it's worth it just for that. You know, it's, it's, and you know what? I think since we wrote the first one, maybe because there's been so much media and, and TV, there have been TV shows and there are now a lot more museums uh, than there were then. Um, 
when we put out that initial thing, I don't know, what was it, like two months ago? I got like five responses like right away of people wanting to tell me their uh, haunted object story, which we were having a really hard time getting people to tell us their stories when we wrote the first book. Right. And and even the stories we got, like I, I wrote a story about a haunted butter dish, you know? Yeah, we got a lot okay. of crap for the haunted butter dish. But, but like that's the kind of stuff that we were getting. And I, I was like, well, let's include it because A, we're kind of running short on stories and, and B, whoever heard of a haunted butter dish? So it has, you know, some interesting value to it. But I think that, you know, now because of Haunted Collector and uh, just the fact that haunted objects have been the focus of some investigations on TV and some movies, you know, like I, I as much as I don't want to do it, like how are we going to get away from the Dybbuk box? You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Like so there's there's just kind of more of a, of a a mindset of people now that objects can be haunted. So they're probably experiencing the same phenomena that they were experienced when we wrote the first book, but they just realize now that it could be tied to the object instead of the location. And I think a lot of uh, people are more into, um, and I've just heard this from so many people recently. I think people are so much more into the idea of thought forms and like putting yourself into something or your obsession with something, creating something weird that's going on. I think people are much more open to those ideas than they were 10 years ago. True. And, you know, we also can look at it from the perspective of, is there a rise in this stuff because of, you know, we can kind of look at it from the other way around because people are looking at objects, objects as being something that can be haunted. Are the hauntings focusing on the objects themselves? You know what I mean? Right. Like, are they, right. Like, are they evolving to that point as well? Yeah. yeah. Like they're yeah, saying, it, let's, it, let's attach ourselves to this item as opposed to following this person or staying in this house or whatever it might be. And I, and I think that, you know, people are much more open to the uh, old idea. Old ideas are kind of going away of like a haunted house or, you know, um, uh, a person being possessed or the focus being the person as opposed to the objects that are actually there. And so when before it used to be like a haunted object was kind of like giving you the context of the weird stuff that was going on in the house. I think people now are, are moving away from those ideas of like the house being haunted to the thing. And so now they're telling the story as if, Oh, here is the object as opposed to, I used to live in a haunted house and here's something weird that happened to an object. If that makes any sense. Right. Uh, now with this though, we will, as I said, we'll want your stories, but we'll also, you know, I don't know about you, Chris, but, uh, if people want us to, to take in their objects to, to kind of write about them, I did that with Claire, the haunted doll. And you wrote about some things that you had, uh, in your life that were actually haunted in the first book. So, I mean, I'm willing to take it on if, uh, people want to do that. And of course it's, it's totally on a borrow basis. I will return whatever item it is that you want to send. Just don't send something that costs like you know, $200 to ship. Cause I don't want to pay to send, send it back to you, but you know, <laughs> and if you read haunted objects, uh, probably half the things that I had in my possession that are, that were part of the stories in there never made it back to the people, even though I shipped them. Yep. And uh, I, I wrote a story about that in the, in the book where, um, uh, my friend Jeanette sent some masks to oh, yeah, the mask. John yeah. Zaffis. And they did not ever make it to John Zaffis. And I, you know, th- what's funny is Stephanie and I did that Paracon in Plymouth with with John Zaffis. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you were with us at the time when we were. were yeah, you were with us because uh, I remember. Yeah, you were definitely with us. We're going into all the antique shops. 
mm-hmm. uh, up and down Main Street in Plymouth, right. walking into an antique shop with the haunted collector. So obviously everybody uh, is stopping and looking when you're walking into an antique store with John Zaffa. It's like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> is he coming to look at this thing that I'm about to buy? But the um, uh, while we were in there, I, you know, I mentioned that to him, and, and he was talking about just how weird it was that you know these masks are supposed to be coming, and that they called the post office, they tried to track it all down, there was tracking numbers involved, and all that, and and they just totally vanished off the face of the earth. And I think um, Alan Alves is still waiting for the um, the backwards in blood our father. Uh, that was found at one of the at the nativity scene at Freetown as part of his whole uh, occult collection or cult collection that he used to have that I packed up to him after I was finished using it and never it never came to his house. So, yeah, the, those those haunted objects have a tendency to kind of find their way into the universe as opposed to going where they're supposed to. And I think you might still be waiting for a Freddy Krueger keychain. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and you know it's funny. Like, I sent Jackie Barrett, our you know great spooky South Coast guest, Jackie Barrett. I sent her book to my sister after I told her the whole story about haunted objects, and uh, the whole box of books was you know made it to her house. My nephew loved the books that I sent him. Once again, that book was missing. So the Freddy Krueger keychain is probably with Jackie Barrett's book and the and the the Satanic Our Father somewhere, um, probably in Lakeland. I would say. Well, I, I told you that um, the place where the chair resided is now, it's it's been redone. And I believe somebody else is living there now because I, I have occasion to be at the building next door to it. And uh, I, I would always tell the story to, it was when I was doing wrestling stuff, and I would always tell the stories to the wrestlers out back like, hey, I got to tell you the story about what happened in this place over here. Because the place where I was at, the parking lot where we would hang out before the because there was no backstage that hang out in the parking lot. It's literally like a foot away from the door to this place. It's super close. No and I would tell them about the, the power of this thing that, that it had over Will. And all I kept thinking was, I bet you that that chair is somewhere else now. And I wonder if now we couldn't get our hands on it. I don't know if I still have a way to reach out and find Will. Will, if you're listening, uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know which Will I mean when I say this. Uh, if you're still around and you still have the chair, first of all, we'd love to, to to get another crack at it, but you know, still willing to come and take it. But just the way that he reacted to when I made that suggestion, I I, I have a feeling that he wouldn't he wouldn't want to do that unless no. unless he somehow broke the spell it had over him. And I would even love to see that footage because I think we each have our own um, uh, way that we felt that that went. Um, and I would love to see like what the camera picked up. Um, just because I think we were all reacting so differently to the chair and to each other in relationship to it, that I would actually like to see like an outsider's perspective, like the the fly on the wall. But uh, I don't I don't know if the Canadians will ever give it to us. Well, I mean, for those uh, who don't know the story, we were filming a pilot for or a sizzle reel, really. But we were filming what was supposed to be a television show about haunted objects. This was pre haunted collector, and the production company decided not to go forward and they never gave us any real explanation why uh you know we we asked like be upfront with us if we're terrible on camera if you know just let us know what it was and they never really gave us a reason and i did ask for the footage and they said that they destroyed the footage 
Which, who destroys <laughs> footage? That's odd. Who destroys digital footage? Right, like, right? who was like, oh, we deleted it and didn't bother to save it on a disc somewhere? On a DVD? You guys were so bad, we thought you needed to be erased from all existence. Well, that was possible. That That I could understand, but at least tell us that. But I just wonder if, you know, if um, I think if I remember correctly, I brought my handheld camera that ran on those little VHSC tapes. Mm-hmm. And I think I brought that with me. So I may have some footage. I'll have to see if I can find any of those tapes and then see if I can reconnect the camera to the television. But I may have the footage. And if so, I, I can get it digitally transferred. I think it's worth it. I think it's. I think, and that would that would be something interesting to put up on, you know, Spooky South Coast YouTube because it was this this really intense. And I would love to get other people's opinion on it, right? I would other get like to get other people to look at it and say, like, oh wow, yeah, you can totally see it, or whether we were just caught up in the hysteria of the moment. No, I mean, you say that we see it differently, and of course, we want to save it for the book. But how did you see it differently than I did? Um, I think you were more connected to him. And so I think that you maybe saw more, I saw him darker maybe than you did. Um, I was more scared of him, whereas I think that you were more kind of almost like compassionate to him because he was someone that you knew. No, I mean, I was pretty pretty terrified. (laughs) I was looking to see not how I would escape out of the building or fight back the forces of darkness but how I would take him down. With right, and that, that's exactly what I was going to say. It, I was worried that he was going to attack. Yeah. You know, it reminded me of, um, once again, Jackie Barrett, when Jackie Barrett was doing the seance at the Lizzie Borden house, um, and that person supposedly became possessed. And for those, just for that maybe two minutes when this, this woman was under, you could just feel violence in the air. Um, and I was thinking about once again, like, okay, when this person attacks, how am I going to react? Um, you know, because I've got that teacher thing of like, okay, I've got to like, you know, get that person, you know, right. and and protect people. Um, and I felt the same exact thing that day. Well, we'll we'll certainly make sure that we cover it in the book. Uh, but it was it was one of the most intense experiences that I've ever experienced. It's the, it's probably the only time I can ever tell you with certainty that I saw somebody possessed by something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was that possessed him, but something took over this person that we knew. And that Moniz, you've you've met him, um, you know, and he was somebody who was skeptical of the paranormal. He didn't believe in this stuff. He actually he actually only got involved with this by coming on investigations with us because he wanted to see if he could create technology to prove that it wasn't real. So very very strange that, to see him overtaken by something like that but you know as i said to go through the whole range of emotions to go from scared to uh addicted to jonesing to possessed to um and what he put us through just to get there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i want to buy this book did we write this already uh, i wish it would have been a lot easier if we had (laughs) so uh just real quick we have about two minutes left tell us what we can expect on the debut of tripping on legends live on on midnight.fm this tuesday there is a really great legend I'm going to get into. It involves the Ocala. I'm kind of obsessed with that till the book is, is finished. Um, and it asks the question, um, can two places feed off of each other? Can two legends actually, um, you know, bleed into each other and be the reason for each other? And is it possible when you're looking at something like that to separate what's the first story uh, and what's the one that's kind of 
um, getting the juice from it. So it's this really interesting uh, legend from the other side, from the <laughs> from the east side of the Ocala Forest, of a cemetery and a school that seem to be locked in some kind of paranormal duel. I love it. So it sounds like it should be a really great uh, debut episode that'll be happening 9 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday at midnight.fm. But of course, they can find it, uh, the Tripping on Legends podcast version, they can find that anywhere they get podcasts, right? Yep, just Tripping on Legends. And they can they can like you on Facebook with Tripping on Legends and follow the live video and and, and watch as you multitask with this with this show. Are you confident? Do you think you're, you think you're ready? I've been uh, well. I did it last week, even though it, I had the wrong password. But I had the um, IGTV, Facebook Live, caller interface, and um, Midnight FM all going at the same time. So if you give me one minute which is what I usually, it usually takes for me to get thing, all things set up once I've started like the first part of it, and I like look at everybody, and I just, shh, quiet as I'm doing this. Um, if you give me one minute to get it all set up and are patient with it, it'll be amazing. Well, you just do what you need to to start. Just make sure you end on time, because I'm coming on right after you. And I've learned to not bleed into you, brother. <laughs> you can. I'm just going to cut you off. So <laughs> I've heard that about you. All right. Well, thank you for uh, catching up with us tonight. And of course, uh, you and I will be talking uh, quite a bit, I'm sure, in the coming weeks. And, and then you'll be joining me on Midnight.fm in early September. So I'm looking forward to that, too. Excellent. I'm glad to hear you guys are, are together and, and, and doing the show again. So I love you guys completely. Right back at you. Take care. All right. Have a great night, guys. Bye-bye. And thank you for Chris. having me on. That is Christopher Balzano. You can uh, you can follow along with everything he does at Tripping on Legends. And, uh, and really, you know... I'm pretty excited about the fact that we are going to be focusing on, a, a, you know, having a program that focuses on breaking down legends, mm-hmm. uh, you know, between that and also, you know, having Jeff Melandre's podcast on there and, you know, covering it quite often on, on the show. Oh, I, I forgot to mention another show that we're going to have. We're going to have uh, Weird Tales with Charles Christian, which is a UK show which is a, a story where it's kind of same thing. Like he shares a lot of legends, a lot of monster stories too, but a lot of legends. So that's coming up too. Question. You 20 go, seconds. You got an opening for UFO stuff? We're looking for more UFO stuff. We're very selective uh, though. We'll, we'll talk off there. We're very selective. I'll explain that to you okay. off air too. All right. That'll do it for this week's show. We'll be back next week. Uh, and our plan is to kind of get back into the old spooky mindset, you know, of where we're, we're going to be bringing on some guests, talking about some topics and uh, bringing you into the world of the paranormal. So thank you all for tuning in. It's great to be back. Great to talk to you again. Until next time, stay spooktacular.